five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, we uh, we watched Alabama's A-Day today, which was fun. I, I think, I wouldn't say that there have been a ton of questions that have, you know, been answered necessarily, but I do think we got a little bit more clarity on some things. I think we got some confirmation on some other things. Uh, so what we wanted to do here, because this is, typically we would wait until Monday, but we wanted to make sure that we were given everybody kind of our initial reaction. And then once we get an opportunity to go back and watch the eight day game, which I still haven't figured out a way, I think it's on the ESPN app where you can go back and rewatch it. I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, or maybe someone puts it up on YouTube. I was going through and, and trying to see if they were going to show a replay of it on like the sec network later. They are not went several days in advance, a lot of college softball and stuff, uh, which is, is great. That's totally fine. I even think they had some golf sprinkled in there as well, but no uh, spring games. So hopefully uh, the ESPN has it. And, you know, we'll get to go back and kind of dive into things, see how everything kind of looked. But just on an initial reaction basis here, uh, what did you think about the A-Day game? What did you – do you feel like you learned? Or do you still have questions? Kind of where do you stand on pretty much everything? Yeah, all of it. I mean, I think some things were answered. Some things were further clouded. I know everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks, and and I, I do too, but I'll get to that. I'd like to start with what I'm really excited about. And I think this statement sounds nuts, and so many would disagree. And then by October of this season, it won't sound crazy at all, but I wasn't so sure that Caleb Downs wasn't the best player on the field. I, I, I thought Downs was – incredible there's just the fact he was starting with the ones which me and you had talked about in advance we talked about it for a couple of weeks like wow Caleb Downs could be a literal starting safety day one and that's really already happened and 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 then he plays great on top of it uh really impressed with his physicality not just how he runs around and makes plays but I, I thought Caleb Downs was great. I thought the DBs as a whole were good. The the whole DB group made plays. Uh, I'll tell you a name that, I, that I, I'm going to start buying stock in as a 2024 starter, Jake Pope, 2024 oh. starter. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go there. I mean, he, he looked fantastic. Physical, cover guy, smart. Blitz. Uh, but, but, he was getting sent on some blitzes. Yeah, they were they were getting him in the mix. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Arnold played good. McKinstry also another one of candidate for best player on the field. Kool Aid McKinstry, Malachi Moore. I thought his the choice of him as MVP was not what I would have done, but and he did get beat on a touchdown. The touchdown throw from Milro to Emmanuel Henderson, which I thought was the best throw all day long. Uh, and and Malachi sort of gave that up that one. Um, I, I thought just several defenders played really well. Tim Smith, James Smith, uh, Aboigbe, pretty good up front. Jihad Campbell, very good inside linebacker, I thought really stood out. Justin Jefferson made a couple of wow plays, or at least he'll catch your eye with his athleticism. And, of course, the pass rush from Q Robinson, who's ready to be a starter. He won't be because he plays on a team that's got Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. So Q will not be a starter at Alabama, 
but he's ready to start. Q, Q could start for anybody in the country right now. I, I thought he was really good, and I think he's been good. Cano Coat looked good today. I think that might have been more of the competition. But overall, several standouts. I thought Malik Benson, particularly late. Uh, but I, I just want to talk about some of the positives because I know we're going to get into the negatives, and we should. But uh, I thought there were a lot of positives and a lot of performances out there. Kendrick Law on offense, Danny Lewis on offense, uh, Justice Haynes scoring those touchdowns. Lots of positives today, Clint, uh, and I know we'll get to the negatives later. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I asked for kind of an overview, and you gave me an overview. It was perfect. I mean, you touched on a, a lot of things. As far as the positive side, and you are right, we are going to get to the negative side. But, yeah, I, I like where you started because there are, were a lot of positive takeaways from this game. You know, I don't think any Alabama fans should necessarily be disappointed exiting the spring. I think that, that one thing that's been proven – First of all, they are significantly bigger up front. Their offensive line is significantly bigger. Uh, I thought Caden Proctor played pretty well on the surface. Now, granted, I got to go back and watch some of these guys. I didn't see every rep, but the times that I was watching him, I thought he performed pretty well. Uh, I thought, you know, a lot of the offensive linemen performed pretty pretty well. Now, granted, fans are going to look at it and they're going to say, well, they didn't get any sort of consistent push in the run game, uh, which was true, and that's for both Crimson and White squads. There was a lot of sacks. I mean, you had nine sacks. You know, the first team defense had nine sacks today. The The second team defense had three, so 12 total. That's not what you want to see. But at the same time, I don't think Alabama has revealed everything about this team yet. Like, I think that Nick Saban is fine. First of all, when you've got an offensive line that maybe isn't being as physical as you would like for them to be, there's another side of that coin, and that's the defensive line. And I thought the defensive front was very physical. And I think it's we've talked about it a lot. This might be the best defensive line that Alabama plays, or at least one of them, all year. Now, granted, they were without Dallas Turner. They were without uh, Chris Braswell. But it was a very, very good performance from the defensive front, in my opinion, really just the defenses in general. Uh, was it perfect? No, but I thought it played pretty well. But I think that the guys that you highlighted, kind of across the board, Danny Lewis getting the start over C.J. Dupree. Now, Dupree ended up having – you know, a pretty significant role. He was out there fairly early, but it was Danny Lewis who was out there, which isn't completely shocking because he's been the guy that was in the system last year. And if he's been performing well, like you, you know, Dupree kind of, he was hampered a little bit with like a foot injury or an ankle injury or whatever it was there for a little while. That hurt his chances of get being the starter in the, the spring game or the A-day game. And it's the fact that you know, he's still trying to grasp the system, which technically I guess everybody is with Tommy Reese being the offensive coordinator, but the terminology and stuff is all the same for the returning guys. So I wouldn't say that's overly shocking. Malachi Moore, certainly, for being a guy. Now, Nick Saban said it in the post-game press conference, the post-scrimmage press conference, that Malachi Moore had spent the entire spring at safety. And he was playing star because they've had some guys transfer out. That forced Earl Little Jr. to play with the second-team defense, which we kind of alluded to a little bit. They wanted to make sure that they were getting both guys because, you know, right now, Earl Little Jr. is probably going to be your starter at star. And if he goes down or something happens to him, they're going to bring Christian Story on as a starting safety, and they're probably going to move Malachi Moore to star. So they wanted to get them both star reps. Uh, But, you know, I I had heard that he had – I want to say Nick Saban had mentioned – that Tyrion Arnold had gotten some snaps at star. Uh, Malachi Moore, I thought, was mentioned. Now, he said he spent the entire spring at safety. I'd have to go back and find the Nick Saban quote. But either way, 
I think he just simply meant for the most part, he's been playing, you know, safety, which is good. You know, I, I thought he played fine coming downhill. I thought he was great on blitzes. He is a very instinctive player. He did get beat uh, vertical a couple times. There was one time in particular, I think Eli Holstein was at quarterback and Isaiah Bond just torched Malachi Moore off the line of scrimmage. I wouldn't say that was uh, he was torched off the line of scrimmage. I thought Malachi Moore did a pretty good job of recovering. But I do think that had Eli Holstein saw how bad Malachi Moore was beat off the jump, he's throwing that ball up. And I think Isaiah Bond, if he doesn't drop it, is is having an explosive play downfield, at the very least, if not a touchdown. So I, I still think there's some limitations to having Malachi Moore at star, but he's not that's not going to be his role unless injuries happen. So, you know, overall, Jimmy, I feel really good about the way that things turned out. Yeah, uh, as you know, as one would expect, there's too much negativity out there in uh, in, in social media, message board land about, you know, I don't know what I've seen Alabama not look impressive on a days and win the national championship. I mean, you, you can't watch today and and peg a, a one loss number. That's 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 really silly to me. But there is some things to be concerned about. Quarterbacks, one of them. Um, but. I, I saw a lot of things from all four quarterbacks that have me excited about some things. For, for one thing, like I said, Milrow being a great example. Uh, not crazy about particularly the first half in terms of decision-making. I thought was, in particular, I'm not sure he was always going to the right guy. Uh, I'm not sure the pass-run decisions were always great. Not sure the accuracy was always great. And then – just when you're about to, quote, give up on him, he makes that throw to Emmanuel Henderson. Not a run. We we know we can run the ball as good as any quarterback in the United States. We know that. The thing is, can he throw it, you know, well? That throw to Emmanuel Henderson was ridiculous. I mean, it just, just dead on the money, a Sunday throw. And he's done that a lot this spring. I mean, uh, I, I've heard from a good source inside the program, I mean, in terms of like the – best throws like like the the wow throws Milrow I mean he'll make more than the other guys but he also will make the most errors you know and 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 errors lose the games I mean so it's very it's almost frustrating it's almost like ah he's not good and then he does something and you're like whoa we've got to keep giving him chances because he's so good some of the time um Ty I felt was Probably better than Jalen today, just my own opinion. I think Ty was better than Jalen. I think Ty sent the tie we saw today uh, would give us a, the best chance to win games in, in the fall, uh, slightly ahead of Milrow. Uh, he was playing against a lesser defense. You have to take that into account. Also didn't have quite the weapons. He also had Jermaine Burton sort of, in my mind, having you know a bad day or not a great day. Um but I thought Ty was fine. Too many errors. The interception was bad. Uh, other mistakes. But there was a lot of good there. And Ty's also completely inexperienced. Uh, I, I said on our show the other day, Clint, by Stock and Dylan, Dylan Lonergan, and I think everybody saw today why I was saying that, not by Stock like he's a three-and-done first-round pick or a starter this fall. But Dylan Lonergan had all the look of the future starting quarterback at Alabama. I mean, that that's that and, and and it's not like Eli Holstein, I thought was poor. He was not. I thought Eli 
made a, a little more errors, didn't make things happen as much as Lonergan did. I would say Holstein looked promising. Lonergan looked like a future starter. The tie jail and competition continues. Uh, in my mind, they're roughly even. I could see either one winning the job, but I'm going to go back to what I've been saying since December based on what I saw today, which is I think ultimately Ty Simpson will be the starting quarterback. It's tough, man. And, and here's the thing. I, I want to preface this by saying that I, we, neither one of us lean one way or the other as far as who we want to start at quarterback. We have our beliefs as far as who we think could end up starting, but I don't think anyone, either one of us has, has kind of stuck a flag in the ground where it's we're defending our position and that's what this becomes. You know, I think too many people do that. Hey, I think, you know, if I find out new information, I have no problem changing my opinion and being very vocal about, okay, that, I mean, I, I'll put it this way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, I thought that yesterday, for example, the main reason, which I think to a certain degree I, I was correct, like they did want to get Earl Little Jr. all the reps that they possibly could at the star position. And that's why he was on the second team defense. But, I thought it was because they really wanted to see Malachi Moore both at safety and star. He pretty much only played star. Like, he didn't play safety. They're like, we've seen that. We know he can do it. We need to make sure that we got a backup star in case something happens to Earl this fall, but we also still want to get Earl plenty of snaps. So I was kind of, I was off on that, right? I mean, my, my, my reasoning wasn't correct. And that's totally fine. I don't have any problem being wrong. I also don't mind admitting when I'm wrong. But I will say, neither one of us has a dog in this race as far as we're pulling for one guy or the other. Very unbiased on that front. Ty Simpson was the better quarterback today. Now, granted, Jalen had some wow moments, like he mentioned. Both quarterbacks, I think Ty Simpson a lot more so, dealt with drops. Now, granted, I think in the second half, Jalen's group really started to catch up. Isaiah Bond uh, had several drops. Um, but Jermaine Burton was really the, the biggest culprit there. But it wasn't just those two guys. It was other guys as well. Tight ends were dropping passes. Receivers were dropping passes. And I think that that if you look at the stat line, the quarterbacks don't look like they had a very good day. I think Jalen had some moments. I think Ty had a very good day. And now, granted, here's the thing. I really need to go back and watch that Earl Little interception because you say it was a bad throw or a, a bad play. And I, just from the press box very quickly, and I'm trying to write notes and, and keep up with a bunch of different things on the message boards. So I don't always see every second of every play. I thought it was just a great play by Earl Little. Now it really, it really was a great play by Earl. It really was. I, now, but see, I've seen multiple people mention on Twitter it was a bad decision, and so I, I would like to go back and see if it was a, and it could have been. But it, I think really beyond that, Todd didn't have a perfect day by any means. I think he's a little bit too great command of the offense when he's confident, and comfortable in what he's doing. I feel like he. He navigates the pocket well. He eludes pressure. He senses pressure well. I don't think he always reads properly what the defense is giving him. And I don't. I definitely don't think Jalen's doing that either. And I think that that's one of Nick Saban's biggest problems with this, this duo right now is that, and granted, you're also being compared to Bryce Young. He knew the, what the defense was doing before the defense even knew what the defense was doing half the time. I mean, he... His ability to not only read, but also manipulate is very special, was very special at Alabama. And now you've got guys who are kind of struggling just to kind of understand exactly on a snap-to-snap -snap basis what the defense is providing them and where and kind of have a plan 
on where you want to go with the football. Now, with Ty Simpson, that's a little bit surprising considering his dad's a coach. Granted, that doesn't mean that you're always going to be perfect with this stuff. And he's still a young guy. He's only going into his second season. He barely got any action last year. Definitely wasn't reading defenses when he was out there. He's turning around and panning the football off. So you can't really blame him for that too much. But, Jimmy, this I'll, I'll ask you first. Do you think Alabama could potentially pursue a quarterback in the transfer portal? Uh, yes, I do. But um, I, I say this all the time in relation to the portal, and I don't think it's ever been more applicable here. Um, I do. I think it's it's two things. I, I don't think Alabama – put it this way. There's there someone in that building that has the responsibility of monitoring the portal. I, I don't believe Nick Saban tonight or tomorrow is going to ask anybody in the football building, I need you to watch tape of all the quarterbacks in the portal and tell me who the best one is, and then we're going to go get him. No. <laughs> Alabama's not going to do that. They're not desperate for a quarterback. I think Alabama is fine with what they have. I think Alabama believes, I believe this, they can win with Jalen or Ty or even Lonergan if they had. They they can go into the season and 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 be fine. But let's just use his name as an example because we talked about him all week. If Tyler Van Dyke was in the portal, they'd probably take him. They would take Van Dyke. They would take anybody that they view as a top 10 quarterback, a top 15 quarterback, one of the best proven, experienced quarterbacks in the country, I think they would take him. It's about the dude more than it's about the position. If it was about the position, they'd be like, well, I guess the best guy in the portal is the kid from, from Old Dominion. We'll take him. No, that, I don't think it'll be, it's that at all. I just think it's, well, Van Dyke, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take him. He's, he's really good and experienced. Other SEC guys – of course, we can't take somebody from the SEC because there's rules against it. But it's just the the quarterbacks that we know best, you know, guys that that we know because they're in the Spencer Rattler. You know, they can't take him. He's in the SEC. Would they take Rattler? In my opinion, yeah, I think they would take him. Uh, they would take Quinn Ewers. <laughs> he's not going to be in the portal. Of course, he's not. But would they take Quinn Ewers? Yeah, yeah, they would take him because he he's a top ten guy, probably a top fifteen guy. So. My answer to your question is yes, but it's got to be an elite kid. They're not going to take just anyone. They're comfortable with what they have unless they see a clear upgrade. The reason that I ask this, A, we here, I think Paul Feinbaum was one of, if not the first, to start bringing up, I don't think Alabama is very happy with their current quarterback situation. Like they would be willing to entertain adding a quarterback and you don't really bind to that too much. Right. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, Nick's, I feel like he's been fine and everything that he said about the quarterbacks. I don't know what people are telling you behind the scenes. And then these rumors start that Tyler Van Dyke could be entering the transfer portal. Alabama is pursuing him before he even enters the transfer portal. There's all these connections. This is some Jordan Addison, USC caliber smoke going on. The difference is, Tyler Van Dyke ended up staying at Miami. Jordan Addison did end up entering the transfer portal and put on a, a show for people looking at other schools, knowing good and well, the, the plan was always USC and he ended up at USC. That's my belief. I don't know that definitively, but I, I feel pretty strongly about it. 
So then you start getting these rumors about that, that Alabama would like to pursue Tyler Van Dyke. We understand why Kevin Steele, Tommy Reese connections. And then you're like, interesting. And then Miami convinces Tyler Van Dyke to stay. And then it becomes, okay, a lot of this probably was coming from his side, his agent, to negotiate to get him a larger NIL deal. How interested was Alabama? So then you're like, I still think it's very positive. Like now, I'm at least entertaining it, right? Because I I do feel like it it felt like there was a lot of smoke here. So I'm uh, entertaining the idea that they could actually end up pursuing a transfer portal quarterback. I, I wouldn't say that I was all in on it, but I was like, okay, I can maybe see it now. And then we got the comments from Nick Saban in the post scrimmage press conference. And I just found them so interesting. First of all, it's the tone. I'm going to read what he said. I would highly recommend you go and watch the video. And then I think we should discuss it uh, because I found it interesting. He said, someone asked, first of all, the question was phrased. Do you think that, you know, all these other schools, a lot of them, they're bringing in transfer portal quarterbacks. They're breaking in new guys. How advantageous is it for you, for your quarterbacks to have already been in your system? And this was his response. He said, I think the people that have been in the program obviously have an advantage to some degree because they know the system. They've had a lot of reps in the system. But I also think everybody needs to ask themselves, with every position you play, are you playing winning football at that position? And can you play winning football at that position? And I think that's a better answer to the question. Who can do that the best? And those are evaluations that we have to make as coaches at every position. We tried to build this program here with the guys that we recruit and the people in the program, but we have had a few guys that have come in and made real impacts on the team. And we see an opportunity to do that. We're always looking for a way to make our team better. So, Jimmy, um, I have my thoughts on that, but I don't even know if you've seen the clip yet. You might not understand Tony. What were your thoughts on that quote? Uh, extremely similar to yours. Uh, I saw some people have slight disagreements. Of course, anybody can have a different take on it. Uh, I agree with you as as we always often seem to do. Uh, I I thought it was quarterback related. That was the way I took it. I didn't think it was, I am only talking about quarterbacks here. I, I, I think it was a general, it can be a general statement, but I think it was with quarterbacks in mind in terms of what he said it. And, it gets back to what I said, you know, before. I think if he sees a guy in the portal that is a clear upgrade, not I'm going to bring in someone to compete with Ty and Jalen, you know, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that would help. And I, I don't think that would solve anything either. I think a clear upgrade would. I think, a, oh, heck yeah, that's a better idea than, playing one of these two inexperienced guys. And and, and I, I think the answer was along the lines of that. It, it's, hey, if there is a clear upgrade in the portal at quarterback, will we do it? Yeah, probably. But there has to be that guy in there. And I, I still tend to think, Clint, that it's a short list. It's not a long list. It's not, hey, give me one of the best 35 guys. Give me one of the best 25 guys. I I think it would have to be a top 10 or 15 guy. Now that's going to be different. Ah, the beholder stuff. Not everyone's going to have the same list. Who are the 10 best guys? Who are the 15 best guys? I think it's a fun game to play. And I think we could play it in a way that, to me that would be fun. Would you take this guy over Ty and Jalen? You know, 
Uh, and, and I think that would be fun. And I already mentioned, you know, guys like Bo Nix or, 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 or Riley Leonard at Duke. I mean, that, that's sort of fun to play. But it gets back one one last comment I'll make is, and I think I've said this before, it's not just Ty versus Jalen. It's, okay, you pick a winner in Ty versus Jalen. Then you have to ask another question. Is that person good enough to play winning football? Is that person good enough to win the SEC and get to the playoff? If the answer is no, then you sort of need a guy out of the portal if there's a guy in the portal that matches that description. Yeah. Um, just hearing what he had to say, a lot of people on Twitter, you are correct. It's the fact that he started saying things like, with every position you play, you got to ask yourself, are you playing winning football? I understand that. But I also think that Nick Saban's not going to turn this story into Nick Saban is not happy with Alabama's quarterbacks. So you, this is something that we all do. You want to criticize a guy, but you don't want to attack him directly. So you start generalizing. And it's not, and I'm not talking about just one quarterback or the other. I'm talking about it's two guys. It's like really Nick Saban's not unhappy with the two freshmen. They're freshmen. They've been there for a couple of months. So it's two guys if he starts going after the quarterback position. So when he is asked about it, instead of saying, yeah, it definitely gives you an advantage to have been in the system, he, he acknowledges that it can. But he's like, to some degree, he throws that in there. And then he immediately comes back and he's like, but I think you've got to ask yourself, are you playing winning football or not? And then he starts generalizing with, with you know, this is an every position thing. He can make his criticisms while also protecting both himself and his quarterbacks. Like if, if I went, were to go write a story and say Nick Saban is not happy with his quarterbacks right now, he can technically say, I never said anything about that. I didn't say I wasn't happy with them. I, I, I was talking about every position. So it protects him, but it also, you know, Ty's not sitting around watching later. Jalen is not sitting around later watching, and they see that, and it's like he's going right after us. You know, it, it's spoken in more general terms. But my question to somebody on Twitter was, okay, if you think it was just this was this is for any position, right? Guy enters, we'll certainly take him. If that was his point, do you think that he would have answered the question the same way had the question been about the running backs? Do you think he's making the leap from saying, well, being on campus, yeah, it's a, an advantage a, a little bit, I guess, but if the right guy enters the transfer portal, we're trying to we're trying to get better everywhere. Like, I don't think he's going to talk about getting better at running back. He's going to say we're pleased with the group that we have. So my point here is that there, I'm not saying that quarterbacks is, is the only position that he feels this way about, but it's certainly the one he was asked about, and he made this comment in direct connection to it. So... And when you look at the potential guys that they could add, I don't necessarily think that it's about the top 10 or 15 or 20. I think they're looking for a specific guy. Like, I think if Leah Tungavaloa were to want to come to Alabama, I'm not saying that Alabama wouldn't take him. Is he a fit for Tommy Reese's offense? You know, is uh, Michael Penix Jr. and his skill set, is it a fit in Tommy Reese's offense? You know, they kind of spread things out there. You know, at Washington, is Cam Rising? I think more Cam Rising than anybody. But so I think it's more about Tyler Van Dyke fit what they were kind of looking for at the position. Like he's a big, strong pocket passer who has enough mobility where he can create a little bit outside of the pocket. But on top of that, he's a guy who is strong off play action. He can read defenses. I th still think there's some progress that needs to be made on that front. I think his biggest issue is mechanics. 
uh, which if you're a good quarterback coach, you certainly believe you can clean that up. Uh, but I, you know, later on in that same press conference, Saban, once again, he brought up our quarterbacks. We know they can make plays, you know, that they, they did a good job of that today where they use their own legs. They call their own number and they create a big, a big play for us. But he's like, that's not what this is about. This is about creating. We got talent around these guys. Can you distribute the football to them where they can make big plays too? Because when that happens, you're almost unstoppable. When you throw your ability to make plays with your legs on top of being able to run the football, dominate, control clock, and you have a guy who can distribute the football to a lot of playmakers. Nick Saban's talked a lot about he likes the guys who are around his quarterbacks. And if you can get the football to them, that makes you that much more dynamic. So just to me, he is screaming, stop, read defenses properly, take what they're giving you, and stop trying to rely on, you know, stop calling your own number uh, is the way that I'm taking all this stuff. And people can say what they want to. The right quarterback may, may never present itself. And this is the two guys they go into the fall with. And I think that would be fine. I don't think that's the end of the world at all. But I do think that if you're looking at this objectively, Nick Saban is saying if we can upgrade that position and and add somebody that we can trust to read the defenses and do what we need for them to do to execute this offense that we think that we have with this innovative play caller, these playmakers all around them, and all these things, then I think we're going to win a lot of football games. I think Alabama's going to jump at that opportunity. Yeah, totally agree. I, 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 the, the, it's got to be – an upgrade or, or 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 perceived upgrade. I don't think it's a disaster to the point that you're willing to take anyone. Well, this isn't working. Let's just see what's behind door number two. I, I don't think it's that at all. I, I think it's well, who wouldn't take? We Alabama doesn't need a running back. We don't need a running. Back. We got four. We got five. We got too many running backs, right? I mean, there's no. We don't need a running back. But if Nick Saban gets back to his office and there's a number. Someone's called on his desk, uh, you know, and there's a phone number that says, uh, would Sean Junkins' mother is online too. He left Ole Miss. He's going to the portal. He wants to come home. He's coming home. Guess who's, who's going to take him? And we don't need to run it back. But that's an example of, to me, it's about the who. It's not about – I do think maybe in the portal, Alabama needs some depth on the offensive line. Maybe he needs some depth now at defensive back. Maybe that's a situation where, eh, let's bring somebody in, and if they're not a starter, who cares? We, we need the body. We need, we need to get through practice. We need somebody that can push the ones, and you don't really care what name that is. But, but to me, the quarterback is they will take – and I'm, I'm making air quotes for people who can't see. <laughs> they will take Tyler Van Dyke, but, but not – the disgruntled number three at Oregon State, you know. But uh, one more point about the quarterbacks. I did feel early on, Clint, I felt that Jalen and Ty, and I even, I think, caught Eli and Dylan Lonergan doing it too. I thought early on they were trying to make something happen. They were trying to win the job so bad they made bad decisions and bad throws and tried to go for it. And, and like, man, that's a number one lesson. I've sat in at QB country. I've sat in some cool film study sessions and, and uh, you know, and, and where they, where they talk about, you know, pushing the ball down the field and throwing the ball 
over a receiver who's wide open for a 10 or 12 yard game. The ball flew over his head because you're throwing to somebody who's who's got over under coverage. You're never fitting the ball in there. This is a bad decision. This could even get picked off. This was a bad decision, and the ball sailed over the head of a guy that was right there for a first down move the chains type catch. And I, I do think that almost all of our guys, particularly early, were trying to win the job instead of playing within the offense. Yeah, I agree with that statement completely. Uh, I mean, and granted, part of me thinks that Nick Saban didn't want to change too much with the offense. Um, you saw more 12 personnel. Uh, you saw the tight ends be featured a lot more. You know, I pointed out, I think I think I said 6 of 9 on Twitter. It was actually 6 of 10. Uh, they hadn't updated the the total catches yet. Um, but I think it, within the first 10 passes uh, that were caught, six of them went to tight ends. Uh, that kind of balanced out a little bit. Uh, I think it was uh, 8 out of 24 by halftime. I don't know what the final count was, but that's 33.3%. That's a large share, much larger than it's been, you know, in recent years. You know, and so th- that's something that we've learned, and we'll talk a lot of b- more about that on Monday. Uh, today was more so initial reaction, and I knew it was going to end up being very quarterback-driven. Um, but, you know, it, I do think that Alabama wanted to kind of put this front on, hey, we're the same Alabama we've been the last couple of years. Like, there wasn't this huge emphasis on just smashing the football at the opposing defense. But, you know, what purpose does that serve in this kind of setting? Like, you announced to the world that you're doing it. I don't think Nick Saban wants – people to know how physical Alabama is going to be. I think he wants it to get, you know, MTSU to a certain degree, but I think Texas in week two, if I'm speaking candidly, I feel like they're going to hammer the football at them. Now, granted, I'm not saying they're not going to throw it, but my point is, is that that is the the statement game, in my opinion, where they're going to try to let everybody know, oh yeah, we are back. But in this particular setting, it serves no purpose other than giving people a heads up. Hey, Alabama is going to be a lot more Georgia-esque, old Alabama-esque as far as just the way that they're going to come in and try to physically dominate you. Uh, that's a game I think it's going to be tough. Uh, Texas is going to be a good team, especially offensively. I think Alabama would rather catch them off guard a little bit. And for Sartre to think this is a lot more of the style of offense, Not it hadn't changed as much as people are saying during the offseason from when I was there. And I was slinging the football around with four first-round receivers and a second-round tight end and all that stuff. And then I think it's, hey, let's let's see what happens uh, come week two. I mean, that's that's my personal opinion. I think as far as the quarterbacks to kind of put a bow on this, we only got a few more minutes. But I think with a lot of positions, if the right guy comes available, Nick Saban would entertain taking them. You know, if an elite player at receiver or offensive line or pass rusher or linebacker or wherever, if they became available – and they said, we really want Alabama. If they Jameer Gibbs the situation and said, I really want Alabama, Nick Saban would take him. I do think that there will actually be a little bit of pursuit for a quarterback. I think, I really do. And I could be wrong on that. Just because there might be some pursuit, I don't think they're taking just anybody. It's like you said. I, I, we may never know because they might reach out, try to get some feelers out there, guys that fit. Nobody ends up wanting to leave where they're at. The, the right situation doesn't kind of become available and they end up riding with what they got. And I don't think that would be the end of the world, but that's just my opinion. We'll find out soon enough um, or maybe we won't, but if they do end up landing a quarterback, you know, I guess we'll, we'll have our answer then. 
Jimmy, we're going to talk a lot more about this. This is going to be, you know, Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be offense, defense. We're going to break up into two days. We're going to watch film. We're going to have fun with it. And it, we're going to have to have a couple of couple of Zoom meetings, uh, which is where we record this, because there's no way we're going to fit it into 36 or 37 minutes. Uh, we got it less than a minute now, but I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for last second hopping on here with me, having an initial reaction conversation. And we will talk again Monday, buddy. Good talking to you. Yeah, it was great to see the guys just play football. Love just just watch Alabama play. A lot of things to be excited about, really. And uh, let me just say one more time, two words, Caleb Downs. All right, we appreciate you guys listening in. This is the Bam on 3 show, and I'm your host, Clint Lamb.